Stomeroni Stark lives. It's if you're listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I am Ramsey. I'm Heather. Hi, Ramsey. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Um, leg's still broken, but other than that, doing fine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, these episodes get shuffled all around, so I like just like that quick check-in. Leg's still, still broken. broken. <laughs> Moving still on. Still broken. <laughs> yep. Uh, on the mend, though. Excellent. Uh, metal embedded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm part bionic. Did you um, get an answer? Yes. Are you going to set off metal detectors? Do you know? I am not going to set off metal detectors. I did ask, and the doctor told me I wouldn't, and I said, sick. And he goes, is that sick? And then <laughs> I think he was making fun of me. <laughs> okay. I like that in a doctor. Somebody yeah. who can hang. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if he can hang because he thought it was weird that I responded sick hmm. to something. That I could go know. either way. Yeah. All right. Who knows? Who well, knows? I'm, I'm glad you're going to be able to walk through someday. Yeah. I fly too much for to set off every metal detector. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great for my career? That's true. Ramsey, we yes. have a guest today. We do have a guest today. Today, we have an actor, a director, a writer, uh, a wonderful person, a very nice man. Uh, he's got a bunch, a couple new movies, one on Shudder and one soon to be on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, Noah Segan is here. Hello, Hello. folks. Hello. Hello. Welcome. I'm so happy to uh, be here with you guys. I think this is our uh, first ever episode with a car in the background. That's exciting for us. <laughs> it's it's the car from uh, from the movie that um, that I made uh, called Blood Relatives. And in the movie this um, you know, this this vampire thinks he's like a really cool guy and he drives around in this old muscle car and wears a leather jacket and <laughs> you know, thinks that he's just a real badass. <laughs> and um <laughs> And uh, and so I had the car, of course, because sure. that's me. <laughs> yeah, a, co- a cool vampire. <laughs> so we'll put it in the movie. That was and and that's how you make a movie, folks. Did you own it pre-movie, or did you buy it inspired by the movie? No, I, I owned it pre-movie. The uh, the very um, very short version of it is that it belonged to a um, mentor of mine, sort of godfather-like figure, who is a very prominent, prolific cinematographer named Tom Richmond, um, who gave me my start in in showbiz. And um, I wanted to be a cameraman, so he let me be his assistant, and he rented me a room in his old house in Venice, and he had this cool old muscle car that he used to drive around, and he really treated it like a daily driver. It's not like hmm. a show car or anything. It's just like a really cool old car. Yeah. <laughs> and when he uh, uh, retired uh, uh, and, and, and kind of moved into teaching from production about 10 years ago and went from L.A. to New York um, uh, for his golden years, he uh, uh, gave me the pink slip to the car. Wow. I love that. To be fair, also, old cars, they don't do as well in New York, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair point. Too much snow, too much salt. It's not great. (laughs) When Heather mentioned it, I was like, oh, Heather, that's clearly a Zoom background. But it is not. That is a beautiful car. That's so cool. (laughs) Uh, Shame on me. See, it doesn't. It's like the same color. It doesn't go. I love it. All right, fine. I believe you. (laughs) Um... Should we get to the music? I think we should. <laughs> um, Noah, do you want to tell Ramsey what album we're doing today? 
We're doing an album called Wiggle by uh, Screeching Weasel. Um, ah. Great. When we were getting ready for this podcast, we realized I have 100% always thought this band was plural. <laughs> thought it was multiple weasels, not a singular It's only weasel. one. It's just, just one, one weasel. Only one. Um, so I don't know a lot about this band. I'm familiar with their existence. So this album is 2009 is that right is that incorrect no 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 93 sorry that was the first thing that came up and i was like that seems extremely wrong um 93 okay okay great um so how did you get into this band was this your entry point etc well in the early 90s a lot of um how should we say Young men, <laughs> yes, boys, mm-hmm. tweens, if you will, um, were uh, were listening to uh, this uh, uh, kind of wave of um, of pop punk. Yep. And um, I was growing up in New York, which of course you know has its own venerable punk scene. I had older siblings who listened to punk rock and hardcore music, and um, you know it just sort of. Uh, th- there was there was a moment when I became old enough to start listening to my own music, which was probably right around when this record came out. Mm-hmm. That um, that uh, it would make sense that I would listen to punk music, pop punk music, and one of the rec- one of the record labels that was sort of the record label that you know was the record label where Green Day started out and Operation Ivy put out their mm-hmm. famous record was this re- was this label called Lookout Records, and um, you know pre everybody having access to the internet, hmm. they would send out with their seven inches or with their CDs copies of their catalog, which were basically just folded up. Uh, uh, posters that on one side had like some cool illustration and on the yeah. other side just had a list of records, just had a list of like these, like the 85 records oh, we wow. put out in like the last whatever, 10 years that we've been in business. Are we talking and, like little um, thumbnails of album covers or just straight up list? Sometimes I think it was just straight up lists. And wow. then sometimes there were out, there were thumbnails of like a record that, you know, was about to come out or maybe some band that was popular for the, you know, in terms of, of at least for them, for a small record label. And, um, and one of their most prolific bands was this band Screeching Weasel. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they, you know, again, this is, you know, an era where there were compilation records and, um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and the artist behind Screeching Weasel, this sort of one unifying band member is this gentleman who's still recording with his band. His name is Ben, Ben Weasel Foster is his, um, legal last name. Um, and, uh, he was a is a very uh, colorful character, <laughs> and a lot of the other bands would name check him on their records. Oh. Mm-hmm. So there was this sort of like there was this 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 infamy, this sort of legendary status that as I would like order a seven inch off the back of this catalog, right? You know, once every three weeks, every time I could come up with a little bit of money or I would go downtown to a record shop where I knew they would have their, you know, lookout records or, 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 or CDs. Um, I kept hearing about this band and this guy. Um, and, uh, uh, 
I started listening to his records and this record was the first new album that came out when I was a fan. So it it was like a big deal that like, I'm going to listen to new screeching weasel music and it became the soundtrack for my, uh, uh, tween teen years. That is, I love that. Um, which I do feel like those years are just extremely formative, obviously for the type of music fan and fandom you'll, you'll then follow. Are you, um, did you follow on like the pop punk path? Like, is that like the genre you stayed in? Um, where did where did your taste net out? I mean, after Screeching Weasel, it it I I I became a um, I became a really diehard. I mean, to the same degree level fan of the Replacements and mm-hmm. Paul Westerberg, mm-hmm. and so that kind of I mean, and I feel like there's there's a you know that Venn diagram looks like a you know looks like an eclipse. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, pretty close, pretty big right? Circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty tight circle yeah. comparing, especially comparing like Ben's voice and, and Paul's voice artistically. I think mm-hmm. that they're talking about a lot of the same stuff. Um, so big super fan when it came to, to, um, to that. And then in my old age, I've really embraced my, you know, fifth generation, like New York trash bag, <laughs> neurotic Jew and just sure. become like one of the world's biggest Billy Joel fans. Oh, wow. Um, That's great. <laughs> Love that for you. Peppered throughout <laughs> there, like peppered throughout there's obviously just like, you know, as I, as I, as I grew older, I, you know, I, I, I became a, I became a huge Prince fan growing up in New York. It's impossible to not, especially growing up in New York, like in the nineties and the aughts, like Jay-Z is like a huge part yeah, of sure. my life. But, you know, I think in terms of who I'm, who I'm sitting around identifying with. I mean, now it's, now it's Billy Joel singing Vienna. Um, But when (laughs) I was, you know, when I was like 12, it was, uh, it was Ben Weasel uh, uh, on Wiggle. I mean, I still like, I feel like the, the, so was this what your older siblings were listening to? Cause I'm, I'm making an assumption. I think you're, I think we're all about the same age here. And so I feel like 93 is like, a, I feel like that's a little young to be in like, into like kind of cool punk, like <laughs> still like a pretty little kid. But so um, I'm curious if that was like the influence of, you know, older siblings and like if your siblings were listening to this type of music too. Um, I had a cool older sister who listened to punk rock and like went to punk rock shows and, um, and I definitely responded to the more poppy stuff that she, Mm -hmm. she was listening to. She was like into like Krishna core. She was like a vegan and was like listening to like shelter Uh and like was, you know, and, and, and there was a part of me, I mean, that I I would listen to hardcore music too. Cause again, it's sort of like hip hop in New York. It's like, if you're, if you're like, the least bit in the know by the time you're a teenager, that's what you're, I mean, that's why we have the beastie boys. Like that's why we have like this sort of these incredible kind of unifiers of what New York is, you know, um, musically. Um, I feel like being, being from New York too, probably also sets you a bit ahead of, um, 
me growing up in the country and getting into pop punk because it's like, you know, everything's like several years delayed. So it's like my entry point to pop punk was Blink-182 in 1996-ish, you know, but it's like right. I had to wait for it to get on the radio up there. I did not have internet yet. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, that was the thing is, yeah, none of this stuff was on the radio. I mean, you know, yeah. Green Day was on the radio. Right. And, and I was a Green Day fan, even though it was, you know, considered to be... Um, Sell out uh, music. The mainstream one. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing the thing about it is that all of the all of the Green Day stuff was still so thoroughly connected to yeah. like they kind of even though they sold out by becoming rich and famous, yes. they didn't <laughs> sell out like their their buddies. They didn't yes. sell out like where they were from. Like they went on tour. Their one of their huge, huge, huge tours was with the Riverdales, which is Ben Weasel's side project. Yeah. Oh. And, you know, Mike from who's the bass player from Green Day played bass on like the next Screeching Weasel record after he had had like platinum records yeah. on major labels. Like they were all just still sort of screwing around together. And um and so I think that made me feel better about being a Green Day fan totally. and being a Rancid fan. You know, that was another band, you know, that came out of like Operation Ivy, yep. which was like a super legit band. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, harbor, har- harbingers of that kind of wave of ska, you know, and, um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I was pretty unapologetic, but it was, it was definitely my thing. My sister, was too cool for pop punk music, <laughs> yeah. for melodic punk music. Yeah. And my brother was a Billy Joel super fan. Oh, there we go. My brother was that. like, who's 10 years older than me, was like, everything was like, you know, Peter Gabriel or uh, Phil Collins. Also or love that. Billy Joel. <laughs> it was just like, it was just like bald, like, <laughs> like bald, Pasty, <laughs> yeah. right. bald, pasty sixes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, like, I don't even know if those guys are sixes. I mean, are they maybe, like maybe eighty sixes? Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> but I mean, it's. I'm saying like they like he wasn't like listening to Sting. Like Sting's like hot. <laughs> yeah. You know right. what I mean? Sting's, like, Sting's I mean, a hot guy. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like it was. You know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was Phil Collins ever hot? <laughs> it depends know. who you talk to. I yeah. Mean, fair enough. Fair enough. I have a, a calibration question here as somebody who has mostly recognized the Phil Collins aspect of the names here. <laughs> when you okay, say that um, um, uh, um, Mr. Weasel, Ben Weasel was uh, uh, infamous, are we talking like a Gigi Allen level or just somebody that was no, respected in the community? Like, I think I think respected in the community and, you know, very uncompromising, which of course is... is um, rare when you're talking about like 20 year old kids in a van, like all you <laughs> expect to do is compromise. And he was uncompromising and, you know, and, and also he is like, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's kind of punk rock. Like he's not always in a good mood. Like he's hmm. not always going to tell you what you want to hear. Like he's, you know, he's, he's, um, you know, he's, uh, uh, you know, he's a very honest guy and I'm sure, you know, listen, he'd be, probably be the first to say that he's mellowed out now that he's, sure. you know, a dad and loves Billy Joel, you know, and, and, uh, and he does not like Billy Joel. He does not, he does not, but he, but he loves opera. He's like a huge opera guy. It's there something he and I become super friendly about. I mean, you know, I think, um, he also is, and I've noticed this, you know, as I've gotten to know, um, people who are, um, 
sort of, he has that pure artist thing. He has that, like, I'm always doing something creative, uh, endeavor like i'm writing a book and i'm like well i didn't know you wrote novels and he's like that was the first time i ever tried to write one i'm doing it or like you know i wrote a screenplay and i'm like well is it you know and like he'll send me his screenplay it'll totally be readable like it'll totally be like you know i mean like he's 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 just constantly endeavoring and um again i think it's something that is super commendable and not crazy if you're talking about prince but sure. crazy if you're talking about somebody who's like, I'm from the Midwest. I may have not sold 10 million records. I, you know, may have toured the world in a van and, you know, and, and not on my own private jet. Like usually, you know, that part of you may, I don't know, not be, um, I don't know, not, not, not be fed. Right. And for him, it's constantly, it's constantly fed. Wow. I have not heard any music yet, but I'm, well, except for one source, but I'm already kind of inspired by this. That rules. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to that, Ramsey, do you have any what guesses as to what this is going to, like, what do you think this is going to sound like? So I know for sure I've heard some music in, okay. uh, uh, we can talk more about this in a minute, but in, in yep. Noah's movie, uh, Blood Relatives, there's there's a few tracks, including, I think, an original Um like a, one written for the film. I could be wrong. Uh, so I've heard that. But beyond that, um, I will say somebody in that movie wears the Screeching Weasel logo on a T-shirt. And uh, I initially thought, oh, that's like a funny name for a, a band. <laughs> like I thought it was a fake movie band at first. So my answer that. is very unfamiliar. Based on the context clues. <laughs> <laughs> Other bands' names that you have heard, what do you think it's going to sound like? Yes. Uh, th- I think of the names, the one I'm most familiar with might be a replacements. So that makes me a little less scared of what <laughs> I'm going to hear. literally made you listen to like three Green Day albums. Wait, I'm, not, I'm not counting Green Day because <laughs> you're talking about the band that I bought Dookie and then made my dad return it because they swore at it. So I've, I yeah. am familiar with them. Because you're a uh, self-cop, okay. Oh, Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. I know. A-C-A-B. <laughs> a little, yeah, a, sens- a sensitive, a sensitive you. a sensitive lad. Uh, still have, still have a, if you ask the listeners of this still show. Still a sensitive lad. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm expecting, like, guitar heavy, but not... Uh, oppressively... <laughs> guitars. I'm expecting okay, guitars. No, not super... Um, unlistenable screaming Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Though screeching is in the name, so who knows? (laughs) Okay. Um, Before, okay, I'm going to hit play, I swear to God. Um, (laughs) Noah, how often do you listen to this album? Like, when was the last time you listened to this album in full? Oh, uh, I listen to this album pretty frequently, folks. Um, (laughs) I, I, um, I probably will still put this album on I don't know, every couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Every every few weeks. It, it also had a... He released a remastered version of it mm-hmm. uh, right around the time that he and I became buddies. And so it, in my mind, became even more important that I immerse myself. You know, there was a period yeah. a few years ago when he released the remastered version and I was like, you know, sneaking into his DMs every day. Um, uh, not sliding, but sneaking. Right. Um, he, different uh, subtle, <laughs> subtle distinction. Different. Yeah. 
important, but slow, uh, <laughs> um, uh, um, uh, that I kind of re-immersed myself in it. Um, and he, he generously provided music, original music for my, the first thing that I directed, which was a segment of an anthology film. Um, and, uh, and so I, um, I definitely went through a period where that was all happening at the same time as this album having been remastered came out and I was like listening to it over and over again to be like, to, to sort of make sure like this is the masterpiece of my life, Hmm. um, which was confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, all right, let's get into it. So I, I do think I've seen him before. I don't know in what iteration of band or did he ever play solo? Did or like wait. I don't know. I I can't place it, but I feel very confident I have seen Ben perform somewhere, either maybe Fest or South by Southwest. I do not know. It's just like in my brain somewhere, but I don't remember. Um, well, he he uh, he did put out a couple of solo records. That might be it. Um, Could be it. And um, and you may have seen him do that. You may have. I mean, they also yeah. you know up and up through the pandemic. You know, they they were playing shows not infrequently, hmm. yeah. less frequently. The older he got, and the more I think he wanted to be home with his family and stuff oh. like that. Touring seems terrible, uh, generally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Ramsey. Initial reactions. I don't know what this means, but my initial reaction is I would have assumed this band is British. <laughs> uh, there's something about that vocal quality that okay. is like I, it instantly from my brain conjures up like the uh, safety pin, spiky haired, young one style punk. Which is so interesting because, you know, that is a very specific style of yeah. punk. Um, and sort of depending on on you know there 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 are many different sub genres but you know ben is uh is a is such a huge ramones fan Uh and the ramones you know they were leather jackets that were sort of unadorned you know uh um you know, blue jeans and Converse or like engineer boots. Like they were much more, it was, it was a different look. It's a different aesthetic than, than what you're conjuring up. And, you know, depending on who you talk to, sort of like you're one or the other, you're kind of on one side or the other, Um, you know? And then there was like, again, there was this sort of like third faction that would have been like, almost like, uh, um, you know, like the clash or something where it was like, you know, not as intense as 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 like uh you know um, the Sex Pistols or something like that, which is probably what you're thinking of, right? Is like the Sex Pistols that so. very, you know, yeah. uh, uh, very everything is ripped and right. and gelled and yeah, you know, these guys like didn't put. I don't think Ben Ben only started using hair gel recently. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I. I Knowing like what your like musical history touch points are, Ramsey, sure. like I I kind of see it because like I've made you listen to lots of pop punk, but I've made you listen to probably more recent pop punk right. that is like a little more radio friendly, a little less has like that 80s touch of punk to it, and I think you're maybe just associating 
all kind of like 70s and 80s punk into like Sex Pistols. I think but that makes sense, yeah. I think it might be, it, I, just, I think you might not have the ear for the nuance yet, <laughs> which well, that's, we're working on getting you there. That's the goal here. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I will say weirdly, I am not embarrassed to say through Wes Anderson. I'm very familiar with the first Ramones album. I did explore mm. that. Uh, so you bringing that up, I am embarrassed to not make that connection. I can hear that in the in the music for sure. There's a, funny enough, um, at, and I forget when it was, it was probably right around, when was it? When did they uh, do, they covered an entire Ramones album. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it was right Mm. before this, they covered the self-titled Ramones album. I'm going to give that a listen. Yeah, Yeah. that feels up your alley. (laughs) Like, Like from beginning to end. It's a short one. I think it's only 33 minutes or something very short. So that would be a good one to do. Um, they sort of did sort of their version of um, of uh, the Psycho Shot for Shot remake. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Not expecting Gus Van Sant's uh, Psycho to come up. You never do. No. I also, I don't know if you would remember this, Ramsey, but do you remember... Um, the band I made you listen to, um, Masked Intruder. Yes. They Screeching Weasel is definitely a point of reference for what they're trying to do, for sure. Are you familiar with them, Noah? No. Masked Intruder. Let me write that down. Um, they're, like, they're kind of a joke band, but not totally a joke band. I think they're from, like, Madison, maybe. Um, but I think, like, they, they're, like, doing a play. They're, they have a whole bit where they, like, are fake... Got broke out of jail basically, and they, they're like they sing a lot of, of songs about committing crimes and that about sort of committing thing. crimes, yeah. But they're playing off of like classic, like 80s and 90s punk sounds, and this has definitely got to be a point of reference for them. And I looked up, they have toured together too, so it absolutely oh. makes sense. But I think that's probably the thing I have played you that might be the closest sonically for you, Ramsey. Okay, that makes sense. I don't really remember what they sounded like. I just remembered. You just remember they were fake criminals. <laughs> I remembered the premise wearing thin. Yeah. What, one of the one of the sort of hallmarks of uh, of of this style of music, but specifically of Ben's music, the Screeching Weasel music, is this sort of um, this kind of solo that we're mm. hearing right mm. now, which is you know. Um, just a handful of notes that tend to sort of carry you through the whole song as you would a solo, but also as you would the melody itself. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that you hear with, uh, I think a lot of the bands that, that, that came up at the same time, but, um, it's such a hallmark of commitment among Screeching Weasel. Yeah that when you listen to other bands that you would consider to be sort of, you know, of the same ilk, other Lookout Records bands, Mr. T Experience was a big one. The Queers were one. Um, uh, it really is sort of the ante is upped by hmm. by Screeching Weasel. I'm, this is a, such a specific question. I've never really asked this on this podcast before, but we don't know. We don't have a ton of um, parents on this podcast. I am curious too. I have nieces and I try to make them listen to the music I listen to and they don't like it at all. Do your kids like any of the music that you listen to? I mean, they like, you know, uh, they like Prince. 
That's fun. Good choice. Um, you know, they like Prince. Um, they like uh, they like a lot of the pop music that we listen to in the sure. house. You know, they like Lady Gaga and um, uh, and I think they like Sia. Um, you know, I think it's a little harder with with stuff like this that's so dependent on being lyrically connected to it. If sure, you're like yeah. three years totally. old, you right. know what I mean? Totally, um, totally. <laughs> it, it's, it's just something that I find interesting. My nieces are 10, nine, and three. And so like, you know, they're starting to have their own tastes, which is interesting. But a thing I'm finding very interesting with the children I know is like, they're unmoored from time because they just watch things on YouTube. So like my nieces, my nine-year-old niece's favorite band is the Spice Girls. Like you just, so it, which is so interesting to me. So I'm just curious how other children are. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what the kids, I know like there's like a, um, uh, there's like a British band from like the teens called, like a girl group called Little Mix. Oh yeah, June I know is really mix. into yeah <laughs> yeah. June's really into, I love that. really into them, and because of that, as I, as you said, that that unmooring, that sort of yeah. the flat circle. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, another thing, this album has kind of a lot of songs for being thirty-eight minutes long. Oh, <laughs> the Ramones influence well, yet again. I think yeah, that's punk rock for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, which I, I try to carry that ethos through to what I do, um, which is, you know, solve the problem with every screenplay, which is that it's over 90 pages, and then solve the problem with every movie, and that's, it's over 90 minutes. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe strongly that you if go. you can, you know, um, hit them hard. You know, this is, uh, this song, High School Psychopath, is two minutes and seven seconds. I'm going to steal that. I work in branded content. None of that should be more than 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no. Done. Nobody knows. You get in, you get out. You know, you make your point, you're done. Yeah. Drop your product in, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, how did you, uh, was it just a matter of, uh, it wasn't sliding, uh, sneaking into DMs that you... <laughs> started a friendship here or well, I hope I hope he's I hope he's listening so you can set me right mm-hmm. because um, he is I think he has a better memory than I do but basically at some point I posted something about Screeching Weasel or posted something about a song or, or something that I liked this I think was pre-pandemic and uh, Ben and I started talking. He had seen some work that I had done. I think it kind of made him feel comfortable engaging with me that I was like another person who worked in, yes. you know, in not a freak. showbiz. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and not just simply a fan. Yes. Right. Right. And um, we, we started talking about opera because we're both super big opera fans. And specifically, we started talking about, about Wagner, about the ring cycle, which, you know, is this incredibly... Um, I don't know, prolific, but also divisive material because, you know, depending who you talk to, Wagner, second famous, most, you know, second most famous anti-Semite in history. Um, (laughs) And, um, and, uh, and yet he wrote this suite of, you know, of, of, of operas that are just the, this epic, incredible storytelling, utilizing what, you know, we call them light motifs, but basically utilizing, uh, uh, you know, what you hear when you hear like Peter and the Wolf, like this idea that 
a, an instrument or a melody can be part of a story and can be layered onto each other and, and, and itself and, you know, used dramatically. And anyway, he and I got to, to, to talking about that stuff and got really into it. Um, and, uh, and as I said, he's super creative and he had been writing and he had been thinking up ideas for films with no no ambition to necessarily direct something but just to say well I've never written a script I'll try that today <laughs> um, and so I started talking to him about screenwriting and then I started uh, uh, working on the anthology uh, segment that I was doing and I kind of shot my shot and sort of said like you know I know you own most of your material and you kind of now record most of your material yourself and is there any way you'd be interested in you know for very little money uh letting us have some music to put in the movie and and he was really cool and generous about it that's awesome i love that i mean this is also this is definitely the first time um there's been any discussion of opera on this show i'm pretty sure so i love that <laughs> a lot of firsts today yeah yeah love that. absolutely i love mean it. you know just in case you guys thought i was i was lying Ooh, <laughs> there it is there it is. I love it. I think he actually sent me this book. I think it was... <laughs> Wagner did? Wagner um, <laughs> came and, he, and then uh, uh, with, a, with a card that just... With a card that just said, uh, you didn't, question mark. And, um, no. Um, <laughs> sorry. I can make these jokes. I also want to point out something really cool here that right now we're listening to a song that's one of my all-time favorite songs called Crying in My Beer. That is like a really traditional, I mean, you know, for lack of a better term, as, as a layman, sort of American ballad. Like yeah. it could be a country song, yeah. right? Like this guy who's like sitting at a bar, literally crying in his beer over missing, you know, his, 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 his significant other. Um, and then yet it goes into this kind of super simple, like I said, this super simple uh, uh, but effective guitar solo here that is again a hallmark of the screeching weasel yeah. sound in the pocket of a kind of heartbroken ballad i am really liking this one in particular this Obviously, is my we, favorite so we far we talk over it so it's not like i'm like absorbing every song fully but this one has stuck out to me so I far agree. i'm really liking it we have a quorum <laughs> And, well, that is usually one of the questions I ask you. So this is, is this your favorite song on this album or your favorite Scree Screeching Weasel song, period, you think? No, I don't know if it's my favorite. I, I don't, I wouldn't want to, I would want to go favorite, favorite. It's one of my favorites. Sure. Um, but I really like this one. I really like the previous song, um, High School Psychopath, um, mm -hmm. which is sort of meta because it's this guy talking about like how he would walk around high school in his leather jacket and his yeah. ripped blue jeans and people would kind of make fun of him for it and so I like the idea that like the guy who the song is about is about the song <laughs> um, and it wasn't written by Ben that one was written by I believe the bass player funny yeah. enough um, but um, you know there's a song on this record that um, that I put in the movie in, in, in the movie I, I, I directed um, that's coming up I think in three or four tracks called Second Floor East um, that's one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, yeah. Um, this movie, yeah. I'm interrupting you to say, is on Shudder and is very good. And I would like to recommend it. It's on it. Shudder. It's on AMC+. Ooh, I missed one. It will soon be available on other video-on-demand VOD 
platforms. I love it. It's highly recommended. I love it. Uh, this one, this song, I like less. This is too angry for Ramsey. Yeah, for Ramsey's sensitive soul. <laughs> I, ca- I, ca- I could have called that. I know. How do I feel about the dropout? Huh? How do I feel about this dropout of instruments here? There's not, there's not, it's not a dropout. I think it's just happening over, over your, your headphones. Oh. I think it's just Zoom. Well, then I'll cut that as, out. As the artist intended for the, <laughs> for the music to be yeah, heard. To have it over come a through. Zoom. Compressed. Yep. <laughs> wow, it's, Zoom is isolating the vocals very nicely for me. Yeah. I think that's what it I think it's smart enough to do that I think that's the point is that it's like got a noise noise cancellation I'm impressed well the instruments are all back now and uh, and this song um, uh, is written by Ben and a guy who goes by the name Joe King who had a a band um, uh, has a band called the queers who next to Screeching Weasel are sort of considered to be like the kind of godfathers of this generation of yeah. pop punk. Um, and um, and uh, 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 and they've done a lot of like, like they're like really into like sort of like surf music, like a lot of their stuff kind of veers to this direction of like the Beach Boys and harmonies and a little bit more produced a little bit. Um, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, um, um, very interesting band as well, the Queers. Um, are they a like, lookout band also? And they were, they were, okay. uh, yeah, they were also part of that same generation of lookout records. But like, I mean, you know, this is like a dance song. This is like, yeah. a, this is like a, you know, there's, there's something sort of unabashedly kind of not just poppy, but like, again, kind of like, 50s 60s melodic american early rock is sort of happening here under the guise of like a bunch of kids <laughs> with electric guitars you know and probably not optimal anything else um accomplishing it and still accomplishing harmonies and you know and all that stuff and that that's something that i think is really interesting about ben having gotten to know him is that you know even as a young person, even with limited resources, and even with what we would consider to be probably compared to, you know, compared to opera or compared to Prince or compared to, you know, um, Steely Dan, a sort of quote unquote like basic instrumentation, like there was yeah. still this ambition, like right. there was still this ambition for things to be, you know, kind of perfect. Um, uh, within the confines of what this was and 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 i really appreciate that because i think people do that with like movies and they go like oh yeah this movie's real raw and gritty and it's like if you do that with music you're sort of like people kind of discount it and people don't think that it's like as cool and indie and it's like no it actually it, it, it it's just as hard it's just as hard to make something like that i think just yeah i i agree with that and i think too that's i mean i think you know, punk's having a day now. I do think people are respecting punk a little more now than previously, but I think punk always kind of fell into that. It's like, oh, it's like simple. It's music for teenagers. It's like not, it wasn't respected, but I think, I think, I don't know. I personally think that people are coming around on that at least. At least I hope. 
Yeah, I wonder, it it reminds me of like horror being kind of that for film at times where it's like, it's simple, it's cheap, it's easy to just crank out stuff. But uh, people have done like incredible work in that field still and it's getting more and more appreciated. I think so. I think I think there's there's uh, a um, uh, well. I think also there's like you know Ben is older than uh Ben mm-hmm. is is Ben is Gen X. Hmm. I mean, like these are people who are like, am am I is is this my life? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're either gonna do it or you're not. Like you're either gonna totally forget about it or not. And you know, it's funny, like, I made a, a movie, I didn't make it, I didn't direct it, I was in it, a movie about this band, The Germs, who were sort of widely considered to be sort of, you know, the, you know, what the Ramones were to LA, or the Sex Pistols or the Clash were to London, the Germs were to Los Angeles, as far as sort of this kind of, like, the nascent, but, you know, uh, hallmark, early punk band. Um, and, uh, and and so much so that... that, that so, someone made a, a movie about this band and, and hired me to be in it and hired me to and I played I played the drummer um, and you know uh, a couple of the people who were in the band had passed away and a couple had continued to work in um, uh, in the music industry Pat Smear who was the guitarist went on to play with Nirvana and he's in the yeah. Foo Fighters and um, and Darby Crash very famously was the lead singer passed away the day uh, I think the day after John Lennon did. Oh, wow. Um, so very early on in, in their careers, um, and Don Bowles, who I played, the drummer, continued to kind of gig, but um, Lorna Doom, uh, who recently passed away, uh, who was the bass player, who was like this super important figure, right, in in um, in punk history, and, you know, uh, was a young woman being a bass player, you know, before... I think probably before Kim Gordon was, or before you know, before the before the the Breeders and 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 um, and and before the Pixies, she had like moved to New York and become a photographer mm. and was just like, this is what I do now. And so, like, I guess my point is, is that's a very long-winded way of saying like, there's a whole generation of people who kind of either chose to keep keep rocking or just <laughs> be like, no, I'm that was what I did when I was a kid. Right. Right. And yeah. now a lot of those people are like, I'm a grown up and I've got kids and I guess this is, I guess I have to own up to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was never a, a touring punk musician or punk to that level, but it, it is yet. funny. Like, not yet, not yet. Um, don't plan on it. Uh, I like regularly showering. Um, <laughs> there is just like an ethos to it though. And even in like, I'm extremely working corporate America at this point, but it's like, there's a contingent of us who are recovering punk kids, you know? And it's like, I do feel a camaraderie with the people who I work with who and have worked with who are, like, from this world. Because I do just think we kind of approach things, at least in a similar way, mentally at least. Because it's... You had to be a certain kind of kid to grow up listening to punk, especially in the... In the like before we had the internet and it was you could just find whatever you wanted you had, you to, had to work it for it totally exactly. like, totally and, and i think so many so many of us who were probably closer to our our age our generation yeah. 
look at it as this sort of unifying, you know, yeah, this sort absolutely. of this, 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 you know, these are our comrades, these are our yes. brothers and sisters in arms. And then the people who are like 10 or 15 years or 20 years older than us, people like Ben, are like, yeah. what? No, <laughs> fuck you, get away. Right. You yeah. know, like they're actually, and you're like, wait, are you just, you're like a middle-aged person in a bad yeah. mood. And they're like, I was a fucking kid in a bad mood. I'm just <laughs> in a yeah. bad mood. That's why I did this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're for fucking real? Oh, you're like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is so. This is the song from this record that is is in is in the movie, um, which is uh, a uh, it's a really poignant song, guys. It's like a really kind of beautiful song. What's the name of it? it it's called Second Floor East, um, and I I wish I could tell you. I should have at some point asked Ben what the reference is. I'm assuming it's somebody's apartment. Um, cause it's sort of about, it's, it's sort of about, um, it's about a person. It's about a person who's having feelings in a place <laughs> that's probably their apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Where a lot of people have feelings to be fair. Sure. There, there's a, a lyric from a Kevin Devine song I like that that reminds me of the lyric is, uh, your apartment can't talk, so it's safe for your secrets. I just think that's hmm. where you, that is where you go to have feelings. <laughs> oh shit! That's like you should put that on like the poster for the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that's like yeah. <laughs> just Gene Hackman playing the playing the sax. I like it with that quote. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, growing up in New York during this heyday, like, where that? What were your formative concerts? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Um, you know, I remember. Uh, let's see. Well, there were concerts, and then there were like shows, mm. right? Of course. So we had <laughs> big distinctions downtown called ABC No Rio, that was an all ages condemned building on Rivington Street. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, where like actual bands cool. like like this would come through and they would play in a basement and you know you yeah. could drink and you could smoke and you could be 13 years old doing that yeah. and you know and you'd have to run outside if you thought the building was going <laughs> to collapse and, yeah um, you know I think it cost three dollars or five dollars or something yeah. like that um, and so that was very formative for me and then as far as like you know we also had these sort of like mid-level club venues like we had mm-hmm. like Roseland and Hammerstein Ballroom and Irving Plaza. Some of them are still around. Um, and that was where I would I'll tell you that. All redone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roseland was Roseland's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Roseland's Roseland's gone. Roseland's gone. Um, Hammerstein's still extremely weird. Irving is redone and shiny now. Very odd VIP section. That's weird. Very weird. Yeah, I remember falling off the balcony <gasps> at Irving Plaza. At least just of all the like, balconies, it is a lower balcony. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just. Great. I remember. I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm gonna make it, guys. Like, I'm gonna make it, and I did. I wow. did because you know what? It was a low balcony, and there were a lot of people down there. Oh, fair um, enough. And that might have been when that might have been when the Beasties were playing, or like when like oh, a Beasties adjacent. Amazing. Like it might have been like what was the other one? Was it DRI? Was that the Beasties hardcore band for a minute? Oh, it's yeah. called DRI. Um, Almost like a secret band they were doing. I remember yeah, they dude, had a couple cool. of those. Wait, I should let me look that up. Beastie Boys. 
Was it DRI? Am I making that up? I can't tell you, so I'm going to believe what? it. Because, <laughs> like, they had, like, another... I, hmm. I only know, because I know some bootlegs of that exist, but I haven't listened to them. I'm less interested <laughs> in those. Let's see here. I do love, though, uh, no describing, like, a divey basement venue that he used to go to when he was 13 of Ramsey saying, cool, Ramsey, you wouldn't go to a venue like that now. Definitely not when you were 13. I like the idea of that venue in like, okay, okay, okay. For, okay, for you enough. guys. I I have no interest in, I, I will help condemn that building. Somehow in those venues, everything's wet. It makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so, it was so gross. It was so, so gross. <laughs> I mean, but it was also, I mean, you gotta, I mean, it was like, 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 Roseland, I mean, Roseland had carpeting, and you could just, like, smoke. Oh, wow. Like, you were just like, I'm here to see Rocket from the Crypt. I'm here to see Rocket from the Crypt. And, like, I'm just, like, and I'm 14, and I'm just smoking, and there's carpet. We're so much um, better off for smoking up, being allowed indoors. It it just, yeah. Ugh. Oh man, so I saw disgusting. L7. I saw L7 at the Hammerstein Ballroom. That was pretty dope. I saw L7 in Ransom um, recently, but it was outdoors at a racetrack. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are probably different experiences. I wonder if I saw if, if it was L7. I think it might have been L7, AFI, and Rancid at oh the Hammerstein wow. Ballroom. It's a good lineup. <laughs> it's like extreme 1996 lineup. Yeah, really is. Really is. Before AFI got like actually popular. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is when they were, like, a really, really fast band from the Bay Area. Yeah. And they weren't, like, they weren't, like, the Crow. Yeah. And not not uh, sexy vegans. <laughs> I'm, like, sort of into, like, anybody who's, like, the Crow, but I kind of felt like I was, like, I was, like, I knew you before you were the Crow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You, before, the, before the glow up. Before yeah. the crow up. Oh man, it was right there. <laughs> Davy Havoc. Davy Havoc uh, did have a real glow you up. You set it up. <laughs> uh, Heather, I forgot a segment you of our set show. It up. Show me the album art, please. Oh, I never showed you the freaking album art. Oh, my God, it's like we're just started the show. Hold on. I'll show you. I don't know what to expect. I'm picturing. Oh, it was DFL. Dead fucking last was <laughs> the Beastie Boys project, not DRI, which is another hardcore band. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I should. Point these right. are things I should know <laughs> as a as a Jewish New Yorker. <laughs> to be fair, we're all kind of old now. My brain can only fit so much information. Um, okay, here we go. Sorry, I was trying to find a high-res version of the album art. I'm imagining it's going to have here. Johnny Rotten smashing a guitar. And at the top, <laughs> it will say... Here you go. Okay. That's this. Oh, no, that's small. Sorry, here you go. <laughs> that is a font. It's it's not a unusual font. I think it might just be Helvetica. But I assume... <laughs> I'm like, it's like Helvetica. <laughs> But something about it being in Guys, italic. Guys, you think that they had? You think they had like the money to like? <laughs> you think like they were like out there designing? I mean, the funny thing is, is that is that Ben is gonna t- 
text me after all of this and be like, he's going to listen to this and be like, we, I designed that font personally, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, uh, I, Please tell us if this is a custom font. I would like to yeah. know. I like the illustration a lot. I though. like this a lot. This is a great cover. Uh, it reminds me, it, it evokes Twin Peaks to me, but I think that's just the italic Helvetica. And the black and red. Yeah. <laughs> I see. That's fair. There's no other similarity. I mean, there's a guy in a suit. Maybe it does that. Oh, yeah. It could be a little, he's a little Dale Cooper-y. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying this, this is, is a, I've uh, seen Twin Peaks. This is a great cover, by the way, from a band called Teenage Head. Um, who were um, are, are a great band. If you guys don't know Teenage Head, listen to Teenage Head too. Um, who were a great band like throughout the eighties, seventies uh, and eighties. Um, but also, again, like the little bits that are probably coming through right now are sort of this like kind of you know it's sort of it's like it's like um, it's like American Graffiti hmm. or something. You know, yeah. it's like. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the melodic OOs do remind me more of uh, the Ramones on this one too. I can hear it. Yeah, I I, I always appreciate how unafraid um, any band is to go whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love a whoa. Yeah, we do. It's some of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is also so. You might have to help me here. No. So this is the penultimate song on the version of the album I'm looking at, which is the anniversary. I think it's the remaster. Is this the same as the original album? Well, no. The original album that I listened to had three additional tracks, which was the Lookout Records version, which has Teenage Slumber Party, which was, I think, from a comp. Um, Danny is a Wimp. Um, and then an incredible song that Ben didn't actually write the lyrics to, sorry, Ben, um, <laughs> uh, called Going Home, that was also from like a split EP. And okay. the lyrics to that are credited to this guy, um, Aaron Comet Bus, who is like, um, uh, had, a, had a zine at the time called Comet Bus. I think he still publishes it in some cool. respect, but Comet Bus is like, and you can get compilations you could literally get something called the comet bus omnibus hmm. which is just a compilation of all this guy's zines from like 1990 in the bay area where he's like i went to this little club and i saw this band and i think they're really going somewhere and it's like it's green day <laughs> and he's like and yeah. then we all went out and like stole a bunch of cars and got really high together and like this is my zine about it and it's like sort of an incredible time capsule wow I really like that he has uh, Ben uh, is still remixing and remastering the stuff. That it's not just like I'm done with that. I'm I'm only looking yeah. forward. Uh, that having a respect for what you've done before is also really awesome. And not everybody does that. Well, and I, he, you know, he is uh, he is very into owning and controlling and administrating his own work. And I, I, I think as he matures and realizes that there are opportunities where like, you know, some record company puts something out, but he can get it back under his control or, you know, yeah. whatever the, I don't know what the term is in music, but like if the option on your script expires and you get to go make it yourself, I think he takes advantage of all those opportunities. And I think that there are a lot of fans like me who were like, oh yeah, I did listen to this. Like, 
on a scratched up record and yeah. now I would love to listen right. to it in a you know in a way you you the artist think I should um, and you know and and um, and I think it is super commendable but I also think that there's a part of him that just as a completist, you know mm. what I mean? I think yeah. as a completist of his own work, yeah. he feels like he has a responsibility to do it. So this is going home. This one? I think it is, right? Well, you probably can't hear it as well. It's, uh, Spotify says it's all in my head. Oh, I'm sorry, all in my head, yes. Yeah. And then, on yeah, on the version of this, the re-release from 2008, this is the last track. Well, then I guess it's the last track <laughs> for us as well I guess it's in the our last lives. I guess this us. is when I shuffle off my mortal coil. Um, <laughs> oh, no, wait. I think I didn't explain how this show works properly. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Is that car running? <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And so wait, was this, you said this song was on the original release or no? Yes, yes. This song, cool. it was the original, or I should say the release that I had growing up had this plus a bunch of bonus tracks. Got it. But I think it predated an era when you would be like, here's bonus tracks. And it was just yep. like, here's the record. Right. <laughs> like, this is yeah. all the music we could fit on a CD. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. But like, appreciate multi-part harmonies where one of them is just screaming <laughs> yeah same yeah <laughs> yeah i mean for you ramsey like i know you don't love yelling mm-hmm. generally but like how is this sitting for you with like the different things that you you have come to appreciate a little more i think that's true uh yeah when you guys were talking about like how people of a certain generation have a like a shared language uh, yeah. Through this show, I'm now able to fake that, and I do thank you for that. Yes, yeah, so you can pretend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this because he's kind of walking that line where there are these ballady yeah. ones, and then it gets more aggressive in this one. Uh, it's not consistently, um, uh, what's the word I want? Awful. It's it's often good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. It's, in, it's not good. offensive to me, and so uh, yeah, this is actually this is really working for me. I love that. I also think like there's something, even if you're we're not sitting here dissecting the lyrics, of course. Um, there's something. Uh, there's a desperation mm. that I think that if we think about like, you know, not to get too heady, but like again, like sort of great American music, whether it's like blues or whether it's Paul Westerberg and the Replacements or Dylan. There's like this sort of like thing that 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 um what's the word um i don't know it it um it, it, it the 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 tone and and timbre and tenor of his voice is actually helping <laughs> yes yeah it's it's really conveying the emotion and it's not just one note the whole time i agree ramsey how did this overall, overall as an mm-hmm. album, how'd this do for you? Overall, I really did like this. Uh, and knowing how lyrically dense 
it is. It, you can you can tell just from listening to it while talking over it over a Zoom connection that sure, sure. that it has more going on than um, some of the stuff we've listened to. Uh, totally. I'm definitely going to give this another listen, and I'm also going to listen to that Ramones cover album. I'm curious about that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a great entry point for you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, if you listen to like Ben's later stuff that 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 he did solo, I mean, the the you know he's doing like covers of like "Linger" by the Cranberries. I mean, oh, cool. like he's really like he's he's definitely. Um, um, you know, as he any 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 he did a rock opera. He did a, oh, wow. a punk rock opera um, that oh, he released. Cool. Um, you know, but then at the same time, I mean, the last couple records, which included songs that we put on the the, the movie soundtrack as well, you know, are just not just, but are sort of the traditional screeching weasel. You know, very smart, very satirical, very cynical, very biting lyrically ditties um so i love the word ditty also <laughs> i don't want to i mean does that sound pejorative ditty no i love no. it <laughs> i think if you said a little ditty hey pal nice ditty <laughs> yeah that sounds like no, a tough guy it. who just isn't good at being tough <laughs> you did a good ditty <laughs> oh my god i love it uh, no how did this um, hold up for re-listen i know you listen to it yeah constantly for me, yeah, um, it holds up. It holds up. It brings me back every single time, you know, to like being, you know, being shitty and <laughs> and you know a teenager and smoking clove cigarettes and you know like having like a gross coat or something. <laughs> You did have to have the the coat that you would wear just to shows because it needed it needed to be able to be thrown out at any point. <laughs> I had I had a coat that had the Operation Ivy guy stenciled the guy, on the back of it. Of course, of course. Yes. That is Iconic. that's the that only thing I know about sense. Operation Ivy. <laughs> I actually had that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. Well, thank you for bringing yeah, this. Thank to you so us. much. Thanks for putting up with it. <laughs> no, not putting up. At <laughs> I all. liked it. Uh, and I liked me. it. <laughs> Noah, where can we find you on the internet and your movie? Plug everything. Yeah. Oh. Um, so <laughs> it's <laughs> a, a, a dramatic comedic pause. I, um, I am, if there is social media, you can find me um, on that uh, under my name or usually under Kid Blue um, for as long as. Uh, <laughs> As long as free speech is allowed, right. folks. So another um, week. You know, I'm just here for the for the one A, baby. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm I'm over there, and then yeah, the the movies uh, that I worked on, uh, Blood Relatives, which which um, which I directed and wrote, um, is on Shutter and AMC Plus. Will be on VOD soon, um, but you know. Shutter is a real heck of a deal, guys. I mean, you can get a free trial and check it out for yourselves, but it's like it's like five bucks a month. And if you watch like one or two cool spooky movies, I mean, that's less than a subway ride, right? What does a subway cost now? What could a banana cost? Ten dollars? Um, it might it might cost ten dollars now. I don't know. I, it's two seventy five. I think if you're trying to get back home, it's more than five bucks. 
That's the move, yeah. is they should charge you. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they should go full escape from New York yep. and charge you mm-hmm. to get out of, to get, wait, to get into Manhattan or out of Manhattan? I don't know. When I was a kid, it would have been to get back into right. Manhattan is what they would charge you for, but no. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, don't give them ideas. Uh <laughs> So yeah. that's Blood Relatives. And then Glass Onion, uh, which is the new Benoit Blanc mystery starring uh, Daniel Craig as the preeminent detective of our day, <laughs> um, uh, is going to be on Netflix um, for Christmas. Yeah. It's my Christmas gift to you. <laughs> Thank I you, love Noah. That for us. <laughs> so direct all the uh, tweets at Noah. Let's just say thank you. Yes. Um, Ramsey, how about you? You can find me at Ramsey ESS everywhere. Heather, how about you? At Heather Shea, S-H-A-E, on all the places. What if people want a bonus episode every other week from us? If they want a bonus episode, head on over to Patreon. Sign up. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, less than the cost of uh, this demonic subway ride that Noah invented. It is less than that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. All right. Bye. Bye.